0: Welcome to Boobs, Booze, and Other Stuff, where no topic is taboo. Booze is on deck, and I keep it real, real interesting. Hey, 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 welcome to Boobs, Booze, and Other Stuff. I tell you what, here we are post Cinco de Mayo. Uh, let's see, I'll try my hand at some Spanish on you. Espero que todos hayan tenado un maravilloso Cinco de Mayo. I hope you had a good Cinco de Mayo. <laughs> yeah, Spanish will never be a first language for me or a second. Let's kick into this Bud Light stuff. I tell you what, this story just isn't going away. It's not going away. So a bar owner in Indiana told his customers who were protesting the Bud Light decision, pay your bills and get out. See ya. Yeah, he didn't want the bigots in there. I have to ask you this. Who is the fucking bigot? He wants everybody to kowtow to his opinion. Who's the bigot? And I guess I want to know, you know, are you still going to be in business in a couple months? my money says, no, (laughs) probably not. Probably not. Let's not get off of this just yet. But Bud Light, you know, of course, they tried to do this big country themed ad when they realized, oh, we fucked up with that. But you know what they did on that ad? I caught this. They deactivated the comments because of course, they were just horrific, as you might imagine. Yeah, it's like you've opened that door. You've already opened it. There's no going back now, right? They're getting some backlash. And I don't know if you saw this. The Red Sox snub the fuck at Bud Light. I mean, not even one person at their stand. Hey, Fadi, can we roll that clip? It's a good one. Guys, this is so funny and bizarre. Look at that. That is the Bud Light. That is every single Bud Light stand here at Fenway Park in Boston. Right? We're at the Red Sox game. That's that's what the Bud Light cans. Holy crap, they're in trouble. I mean, I guess marketing has some questions to answer. (laughs) Ah, Go Red Sox. I'm not, not really even a ball fan, but hey, go Red Sox. Here's one other little tidbit for you connected to that. So apparently Bud Light is selling for $15 a 30 pack at Costco, right? Do the math on that now. It's like, what, 50 cents a beer and nobody's buying it. Yeah, they're like trying to give it away and nobody and people are like, fuck you. (laughs) Ah, Bud Light. They just haven't learned a thing yet. We'll see. To be continued. Speaking of people who haven't really learned anything, listen to this tagline. From transgendered to fucking transabled. Transgendered to transabled. So now you can choose to identify as handicapped? What the hell? Who wants to identify as handicapped? That literally is just complete, complete insanity. But I don't know. You know, nowadays you can identify as another sex, another race, another this, another that. Where does it go? In my mind, if you're trying to identify as handicapped, What's in it for you? The handicap pass will get you what? The good parking spots? Maybe a better spot in lines at Disney, other places like that? Get you up close to the airport? I don't know, maybe get you better social security and Medicaid benefits? I guess there's some things where you could feel like you're benefiting. Yeah, you can identify as handicapped. What the hell? Yeah, transabled, transabled. I wonder what handicapped people think of that. Hmm. Huh. I mean, we're normalizing crazy, and they just keep building on the crazy. I guess my question is, is there anything unpopular to identify as these days? Is anything even out of bounds? I don't know. What about uh, bestiality? Nah. A pedophile? Pedophilia? Nah. Fucking dead people? Necrophilia? Probably not. Oh, well, it's a slippery slope. That's all I have to say. It's a slippery slope. Speaking of that kind of thing fentanyl fentanyl go from necrophilia to fentanyl you know there's this huge prolifer uh, proliferation in ads that was easy for me to say I don't know if I've had too many sips of my bourbon wait stand by thousands of tears later I mean they have been spending a ton of money on these ads it's like fuck that you want to prevent fentanyl from coming in put that money back to building the wall that's not money well spent in my humble opinion talking about money, Hunter Biden, of course, he pays this ex-stripper 20 grand a month for child support, right? $240,000 a year. And you know, all these child support things are built on formulas, right? It's of course what you make. And I'm thinking, how in the hell does he make that much money? I don't think his paintings, I think that went flat, right? I guess the family business is lucrative, you know, selling access to Dementia Joe. Hmm. Big money in it. If you can afford to pay somebody 20 grand a month, 20 grand a month in child support, that's a lot of money. It's a lot of money for one kid. Yeah. All right. Speaking of Dementia Joe, oh, man, and this kind of goes back to the fentanyl thing a little bit, but he's sending 1,500 U.S. troops to the southern border. Now, unfortunately, he's just not building the wall, but there's a catch with sending them, right? They're not even going to be there to fucking stop illegal activity. Yeah, no illegal entry stopping. That's not why they're going. You know what they're going for, supposedly? To free up Texas border agents to enforce the law. Say what? We know that's not happening. They're not enforcing any laws. And their hands are tied behind their back. Bottom line, he's going to use these federal troops to keep Abbott from knowing what the hell going on, right? And probably to shut down the Texas bus shuttle to all these major blue cities and states. That's what that's really about. Yeah, I'd call it something completely different. I'd call it a new system to register voters. That's what it is. So now you're going to have millions of these fucking, I don't know, let's call them third world peasants. You call them what you want. I'll call them what I want. And they don't know the language. They don't know the history. They just do what they're told, man. It's what they're used to, where they come from in the shitholes that have the dictatorships. Yeah, more blue voters just what the world needs, right? Yikes. Yikes. That's all I have to say. Fucking Biden. I mean, he just keeps doing crazy shit. You know, I read this article where he, I guess is green lighting. It's a new thing in New York, the nation's first congestion pricing plan. Yeah. So the public transit authority has determined how much to charge drivers. They haven't determined it yet, but they're trying to figure it out. They're saying they might charge people anywhere from nine dollars to twenty three dollars for a passenger vehicle. So I guess they'll catch you when you're going through the bridge or the tunnels, and then twelve to eighty two dollars for trucks. What in the hell? I don't know that that'll pass. I think that's going to get tied up in litigation. But just another way to fucking tax people, right? I have asked myself this question when I read all these different stories. Where in the hell could you go to escape our country and it's bullshit? Like if you wanted to leave, like if you had to pick a better country, where the hell could you go? I don't even know. I mean, Australia's fucked. So is England, right? So is Canada. Fuck me. America, really what they want to do, and I keep saying it in different ways, but they want to turn you into subjects, right? You won't even be referred to as citizens anymore. Imagine that. I think that's an interesting thought. I mean, the shit's already happening. It's already here. It's alive and well. You know, you think about in ways they're trying to silence people who criticize the government. And if we stay on this trajectory, of course, it's only going to get worse. I mean, imagine this scenario, if you will. Let's say you have an electric car. Okay, if you're one of those morally superior people, which I'm not, and you criticize the government. well what could they do to you? How about they shut down your fucking power? Yeah, and then maybe you have to pedal to work on a bike. I don't know. Totalitarianism, man. It's all about control. Think about it. We cannot stay on this path. I mean, we're going to drive right into the ground. The path we're going on leads to nowhere. I mean, you think about it. They just keep raising the debt ceiling. You can't keep raising it I don't know if you know this, but it's been raised 24 times in 23 years, okay? They just keep printing money. I mean, the debt's up a mere, I don't know, 500% or so. Yeah, think about that. I'm gonna give you a little tidbit that will just blow you away or it does me. The federal government collected more tax money in April of 2023, one month, collected more money in one month, April of 2023, than they did in the whole entire year of 1980. Of course, when Ronald Reagan was elected, the federal government collected more tax money in one month than they did in a whole year. Yeah, one month in April 2023. What the hell? I mean, inflation has driven down purchasing power just tremendously. A dollar, one dollar in the year 2000, would have been worth about a dollar eighty today, right? I mean, that's how much we have devalued the currency. Your dollar now is worth about 60 cents. So uh, we've got that going for us. Yeah, I honestly, I can't even think about that anymore. My head's spinning. Wait a minute. Send Burb and hold on. Thousands of tears later. Oh, the news, the news, the news. All right. So in the last episode, I told you I'd kind of give you a little insight to me. So uh, bear with me. I'm going to try to do this uh, in a non-goonies fashion, lest I totally just spiral out of control here. You know, some of you are newbies and you didn't listen to the first season in which I mentioned some of these things, certainly not all of them, but some of them. But I was born and raised in Washington, D.C., which I can't even imagine that now. A couple parents, they divorced when I was 10, lived with my mom until I was about 10 years old. Then I was pretty much raised by my dad and my aunt Connie. So, yeah, it was a, you know, not an easy upbringing. I would say my upbringing was modest, more to the, I guess, eh, poor to middle class side eventually it got to be a little bit better, but neither of my parents went to college. And I do believe that that is what galvanized me into action in terms of getting as much education as I could possibly get. But part of that is, you know, your parents, they did both want that, by the way, but you always want to maybe do better, you know, than the previous generation. Your parents, I think, want more for you. You know, they have higher hopes for you. I don't know so much about this generation, but back in that day, they did, you know. I left home, and of course, went into the Air Force. Many people know I'm an Air Force vet. And after leaving the Air Force Academy, I ended up based in Valdosta, Georgia. Okay. And that's where I actually met my first husband. He was a fighter pilot. And he's definitely the smartest and coolest man that I pray ever known and ever will know in my life. He is to this very day, my very best friend in the world. I, I speak to him every single night, seven nights a week. He's just a very, very good friend. Long time friendship. Unfortunately, we divorced and... Uh, there for a stretch, I worked for Upjohn selling Xanax, like to say I was a seller, now I'm a user. And then I met my second husband after some travel here and there, I ended up in Columbus, Georgia. And we were married for about mm, 16 years. We have three great girls, I always have jokingly referred to them as the big bitch, middle bitch and little bitch, but they are fabulous girls, I'm very proud of all of them. They're all kind of finding their way in life, right? Well, Eh, I just have to kind of uh, skip around here and there. But my first marriage ended after six years, and I was sad for a long time, you know, and certainly went on to a little bit of drinking. Like for about three months, I went on a little drinking binge after it ended. Now, after my second marriage ended, okay, I was married for 16 years, I was not sad. I was actually elated. And you could say that I went on somewhat of a freedom journey, if you will. And I also became highly intimate with the spirits, especially vodka. Very different endings. You know, during my marriage, my second marriage, I pretty much worked in education the majority of that marriage, taught thousands and thousands of children to read. You know, I would say apart from raising my girls, that's my greatest accomplishment and certainly something I'm very, very proud of. I guess it was probably about two years ago that I finally closed the chapter on that. So, yeah, it's uh, bittersweet. I mean, it was something I loved, but it was time to cut it loose. Now, during COVID, I'm going to fast forward a little bit. I sort of lost my way. You know, I did a fair bit of overhoisting, as many did, because, you know, only two places were open, the liquor store and the grocery store. And I can honestly say, I don't like to grocery shop. So you can imagine where I spent my time. Yeah. And I really wasn't sure what I was meant to do. And I wasn't really ready to retire. But I knew in my heart of hearts, I could not go back into the education system. It's certainly not the way it exists today. You know, for people that are right leaning, there's honestly, there's not a place for you. There just isn't a place for you. Probably a a couple pockets, you know, in the US where you might have some institutions like that, but few and far between. So again, not sure what I wanted to do. So How in the world do you make this leap from education into the world of podcasting? Well, as I have mentioned on many earlier shows, during COVID, like many others, you know, IG, Instagram became a pastime, you know, I'd be up at all different hours, because I don't know, it was almost like day and night didn't exist during COVID, you know, you're just kind of holed up. And so, you know, doing whatever, waking whenever, you know, going to sleep whenever, so many, many nights, I'd be up into the wee hours. And I have to be honest, I do find this interesting that so many major celebrities were on Instagram doing lives. Of course, now they're all back to whatever none of them are doing any of that anymore, which was kind of neat, because you actually got to know some of these people. But in the midst of all that, I started listening to Ernest, who is a singer songwriter. And Mitch Aguiar, who is a MMA fighter, former Navy SEAL, and a businessman. If you ever want to get inspired by somebody, go follow Mitch on Instagram. He's a very interesting guy, and he has a cool little pig, (laughs) Piggy Smalls. You can check out Piggy Smalls on there, too. But he's a cool guy, and both of them just kind of spoke from the heart And I really, really enjoyed what they had to say. And certainly, I would give them credit for me embarking on the journey, because that was kind of how it all started. But you could say, I guess, that this awakened a part of me, maybe that's always been there. But I wasn't really sure what my form would be, if you will. Now, this may or may not surprise some people. I do not have a big ego. Now, some people might think, oh, maybe you would. And I definitely do not think of myself as an expert on every topic. Now, there are many things I do know a lot about, quite frankly, but I'm certainly not an expert on a lot of different things. And you know, I know what I know, and I own what I don't know. But I have lived a pretty interesting life. And I also know that there are a lot of holes in the coverage of things that I enjoy discussing. So enter the podcast. Now, initially, you know, I pitched this idea to KP, you know, we spent a lot lot of time on my back porch drinking and talking. And uh, she agreed to come on deck with me. And for the better part of the first season, you know, we were recording shit in my bathroom at times, for a good chunk of it, you know, in other places in my living room here, there and yon. Then all of a sudden, I kind of decided I wanted to take it in a little different direction, a lot more political stuff on it. And you know, she's got two kids, and kind of we parted ways again, not in a bad way. And I'll get her on the show and we'll talk about that. But in fact, we had actually recorded, she was going to be on the 100th episode, but too much to drink, and I didn't have it set up correctly. And long and short of it, we didn't get to do it. So she will come back on, I promise, and we'll discuss that further. But uh, I do love the solo shows. And I also love, you know, when I have guests on the show. And if you've watched any, any of the episodes with guests you'll see I have had a variety of people on you know and I'm always really really willing to have anybody on the show for the most part as a guest because I do find it interesting to talk to other people to see where they're headed what their experience in life what kind of talents they have it's a great outlet I feel like and it gives me an opportunity I think to give back to others and maybe things that they don't know or things that they haven't heard but it also helps me to let other people shine which I'm into as well so it's worthy and it's very fun to stay connected with, with what's going on in the world today. And I just think it's a cool form to do it. So I'm enjoying it. That's it in a nutshell. I don't think I got too goonyish out there. But uh, hey, if this stuff helps you, you know, stay on a treadmill a little longer, if you enjoy sipping some bourbon while you're listening, hey, I'm here for that. Hey, speaking of bourbon, I'm getting low here. It's time for a refill here in Mayberry. So cheers, darling. it's time for a refill. Join me for my next episode of boobs, booze, and other stuff where I vow to keep it real and real interesting.